Blog Talk Radio. Standing, reckon the number of the beast. For it is a human. Its number is 666. <laughs> it is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. So turn off your television set. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Well, if you want the truth, go to God. Because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. Ladies and gentlemen, the Network News Hour. With a soothsayer. And here's the skeletons in the closet. Tonight, another segment of Box Populi. And starring the mad prophet of the airways, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it. How do you feel? We're mad now! And we're not going to take this anymore! Ladies and gentlemen, the network news... Oh, my goodness. God bless you, everybody. This is the Neptune Diaries, and I am J.D. Hopwood, your host for the next two hours. I am here to tell you that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord of all. Your knee will bow. Every tongue will confess, and every knee will bow. Thank you, Father God, for sending Jesus to rescue your children. Thank you, Lord, so much. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Father God, we come before you today. Lord, be with us. Be with us, Lord. Guide us, Lord. Let your will be done in our lives, Father God. We just come before you, Lord, and dedicate ourselves, Lord, our lives, our mouths, our words, our thoughts, our deeds, our actions. Father God, we just come before you. Hallelujah. You are worthy to be praised. Lord, worthy is the Lamb. Lord, I just pray that you would just use this time to speak through me, Lord, that you that those would, with ears to hear and 
eyes to see that they would just hear your truth, Lord. Lord, even if this is just for me and this is just time between me and you, that's fine. Lord, I love you. God bless us, Lord. Bless us, Lord. Bless us with your word. Bless us with your truth, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Use us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. We ask these things, believe these things, and receive these things by the blood and in the name of Jesus, your precious Son. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I am so pumped. I have to tell you, I am so pumped. Because I'm in the fight. You know, I'm in the battle, and I know that I'm in the battle because the more I get into this, the more I pour God's word over my life, the more I ingest his word through my eyes and out of my mouth, and the more that I just read about him and get to know him and spend time with him, the more I see the assault upon my life, the subtle assaults that the devil uses. You know, he's crafty. He's crafty. He likes to come back in and he, you know, he wants to find those cracks in your armor. Are you putting on the armor of God today? You know, one of the things that I do on a daily basis, and I'm going to just do it again because it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt is I, I pray. I pray through the Psalms and, and I love doing it. Not only do I do a study, a daily study, but I also have a very specific, you know, ESPN-type highlight reel of the Psalms. I definitely start my day off saying, My Father, which Lord, Father God, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread, and forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors, and leave me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That is Jesus' highlight film. That's that that's that's what he that's the that's the super prayer, if you will, that covers all the bases. That covers all the bases. But I love to go into the Psalms too. I like to go into Ephesians where it says, Let me be strong in you and in the power of your might I like to take that Ephesians six. Let me put on the whole armor of God. Let my loins be girded with truth, boldly wearing the breastplate of righteousness and continually shodding my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, I pray that I take with me the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. You know, I ask that every day. Every day. Psalm 9, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. So I roll through these things. The Psalms, they're phenomenal. I just can't even, I can't tell you that how much they have changed my life. You know, pouring them over me continually, daily. Left to my own devices, people, I'm lost. I'm an animal. Uh-uh, I'm doomed. There's no hope left to my own devices. So I have to get up every day and, and get right, you know, align myself with with the Lord and his plan for myself every day. Every day his mercies are new every morning, you know. Every day I get up and I do this. And the more I do it, the more I see the devil wants to get, you know. he He's out there roaring like a lion, seeking to devour whom he may, but he's also very subtle. He might not come to you roaring. The after effects might be the roar. You might hear it afterwards, but he might slip in through the cracks. 
Are you are you are you making sure that you've got the armor on? Are you are you flooding yourself with the word of God right now? Listen, it's going to cost everybody everything. If you, you know that's what Jesus said. It costs you everything. Everything. And that's fine. Listen. He warned as much. But if you want to go after him, you know, it's going to mean everything. It's going to mean your family, your loved ones, everything, your friends, your job, your money. I mean, it could potentially be everything. The Lord might require you to give it all up because he does, in fact, require you to give it all up. It's just how willing are you? How willing are you to let him? How fast do you want him to do his work? He's got a work to do in you. He's got a work to do in me. And I find myself digging my heels in. You know, when I find myself digging my heels in, I wanna I'm getting better at, at recognizing it and, and immediately not all the time. I mean I'm 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 certainly not a hunt, batting a thousand, that's for sure. There are areas but they're becoming more and more identifiable. The more I put the word in my in my life, the more I put the word in my life, the more those things just get pushed out of the way. You know, give God elbow room in your life. Give God elbow room. Let him get in there and wiggle around and do what he wants to do. And it's going to be painful. He's going to pull things out of your life. Loved ones that you had are going to pull away from you. These things are going to happen. Jesus said as much. Are you ready? Are you prepared? I've had a very interesting life. I've had a very interesting life in the sense that I, I've I've been on the verge of worldly success a few times. And I have never had it. I've never actually gotten there. And I see the Lord's providence in that. I see his divine hand. Specifically, I had a, a few things happen in the last few years that 110% showed me that it's the Lord's hand in my life. He hasn't let me have to have to get to that point. He hasn't had me. He knows. I mean, I don't know because I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you this. Had the Lord given me worldly success, I, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today, which is humbly bowing my knee, seeking after the Lord, unencumbered, less and less, more and more unencumbered by the things of the world. They're detestable to me. I, I, I never had to contend with them. That's a great thing for me because I got the vision. I got the understanding. I have very, you know, like Jack Johnson says, I've got million-dollar friends. I've got million-dollar friends. And I don't see them anywhere near where I'm at concerning things of the Lord. It's folly to them. It's not folly to me, though. So that's what matters. And I've come to the understanding that I, you know, I just have to go for it and live my life how the Lord wants me to live it, regardless of 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 the outcome. It's up to the Lord where this thing goes. 
what happens in my life. My life has changed dramatically. My relationship with the Lord has grown leaps and bounds through the Psalms and Proverbs, through incorporating that into my daily morning routine as soon as I get up to go into five Psalms and one proverb every day, every day, every day, month after month, week after week, day after day, over and over. I'm poor. You know what? I used to be fully enthralled and addicted by TV. Addicted to TV. I fellowshiped with that. I, I, I know the power of that. I know the power of that. You know, and the addictive quality and how it appeals to our flesh. I know it. I know all. I know what it's all about. Ah. It's powerful. You know, but if you really get down to the brass tacks and you analyze what television is, television is a platform for the devil to spew his filth and his confusion and his propaganda to get us to believe that we too can be gods and we can be like God and all, you know, do as thou wilt, anything goes. When I was growing up, it was leave it to beaver and, and happy days. And even happy days in hindsight, when I look back on it, that character Fonzie, he was so detrimental to society. He was the, the television version of James Dean. Woe to us. You know, we all wanted to be like Fonzie. Never married, unencumbered, chasing girls. You know, the only thing that that, that Fonzie didn't do was, was they didn't show Fonzie as an alcoholic or a drug addict. You know, they didn't show they didn't show the flip side of that. They didn't show him having to go to the doctor to get HIV tests and all that kind of business. Or so the little kids, you know, she never saw Fonzie with bastard children, you know. We are in a hot spot right now, everybody. We are in a hot spot. The world is coming apart at the seams, and I don't see people standing up as fast as I would hope. You know, but I also do fully trust in the Lord. But I have to tell you, I I look through the Bible and I read the things that Jesus said, and, you know, this rapture argument that everybody's all hot and bothered about, for me, to me, it's the best thing ever. I think it's a wonderful thing that everybody's all up in arms about. Is is there going to be a rapture, mid-trib, pre-trib, post-trib, whatever trib? I think it's great because you know what everybody's doing? They're keeping watch. It's causing everybody to keep watch. So you guys can focus on that all you want. I'm just happy everybody's talking about Jesus and when's he going to come back. And, you know, it's causing you to keep your eyes to the sky. Talk about, you know, a plan devised from the wisdom and divinity of the Lord, you know, make it so that you can prove it both ways and then have everybody fight about it. You know, we shouldn't be fighting, but we should, why not debate? It's wonderful. You know, I, I've been swayed both time, you know, so many times to both sides of, of pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you get the right guy in front of you, the right word salesman, and he'll get you to believe believe one of those ways, you know, and another guy slick as, you know, all could get you to come and see, oh, I think it's great. Let's all talk about when Jesus is coming back. That should be at the forefront of our, 
vocabulary topics all the time. We should be talking about it all, all the time. Jesus, 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 when you coming back? Come on, you know, that's the way it should be. I'm happy about it. I don't care what anybody says. Personally, I don't care when it happens. If the Lord wants to cut my head off, you know, so that I can be a martyr, sweet. If he, you know, he if he wants to draw it out, if he wants to keep me behind so that I can help uh preach the word, fine. You know, if if it, honestly I don't want to miss out on the wedding supper, but if it's if if the Lord wants to use me in the last times to bring souls to Christ and go back into the fire, so be it. It's only a little time. I'm not worried about that. I, I've made my peace. I know that if suddenly I found myself on, you know, in a situation where, you know, they're going to cut my head off because I won't recant my belief in Jesus, I'm just going to sing praises to the sing praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, stand up and sing one more. Hallelujah! Remember that Amy Grant song? I love that. You know, I'm going to sing praises to the Lord. It's it's the best. Listen, the devil. And living, chasing after his uh, ways and his lifestyle, it's so unfulfilling. It's so unfulfilling. You know, Jesus and, and chasing after his lifestyle is very fulfilling. It's very controversial, but it's very fulfilling. You know, it's very fulfilling. I, I, I see the news and I watch what's happening in the world today and I'm not moved. Sometimes I get freaked out if I listen to too much prep prep stuff or uh, you know there's a good case to be made that America is Babylon and that we're going to get judged and go down in fire in one hour and you know there's two ways to look at that that can terrify you or you can look at it like boom we're home with the Lord in that moment you know what a, what a harvest isn't it the Lord's to reap his harvest we all go out in a flash isn't that just a sweet harvest? We're standing before the Lord suddenly, boom. You can be afraid of that, or you can look at it like it's the Lord's will and you're going to be home with Him. So, you know who that's terrifying to? People, you know, people who don't have the Lord. It's terrifying to them. I, right now, am struggling with not being excited for him to come back. The, the the Bible says to, you know, why are you excited? Why would you be excited for the day of the Lord? Like, what benefit is that to you? And, you know, it's foolish. And, you know, I, I, I struggle with that. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I give that up to you because I want you to come back now, but I also don't want anybody to perish like he, his heart too. You know, that's the Lord's heart, that none should perish. Is that your heart? Yesterday, I told you guys about an experience that I had with Twitter where a while back I had uh, tweeted out to Netanyahu that he should bomb bomb Iran. You know, that's not my place to do stuff like that. Shame on me. I repented of it and I, you know, I asked the Lord to remit that sin in the name of Jesus because who am I? You know, all you people out there who want to be mad at Obama and all this stuff, who are you? Does he not need forgiveness too? Does he not need forgiveness too? Does Obama not need forgiveness too? 
Did Jesus not die for him as well? Whatever purpose the Lord has for him. Is that, does he not deserve forgiveness just like you and me? About what I was, what words are coming out of my mouth? You know, what, what things are flying out of my brain? What thoughts I'm focusing on? It's not my place. That's the Lord's place. Shame on me for, for even being moved. And you know how you don't become moved anymore? Just pray to the Lord and detach. If you're if you're ingesting tons of media, stop it. But I'll tell you, here's a good rule of thumb. If your Bible studies, if you're if you're seeking after the Lord, uh if that time spent seeking after the Lord isn't greater than seeking after the things of this world, you're in big trouble. Your scales are off balance and you're going to find yourself in a quandary. I want you to think about that. You know, how much time are you spending chasing after the Lord or how much time are you spending chasing after the things of this world? And I don't mean necessarily sinful things of this world, but I mean, you know, obligations. And you can say, well, those are obligations and I have to fulfill them. And, and I'm t I'm telling you that there's two ways to look at things. How are you fulfilling your obligations? In a godly manner or in a worldly manner? What are your motives? Are you checking your motives constantly? Because everything that's not done with a pure motive for Jesus is going to get burned up. Are you storing your treasures up in heaven? Listen, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me. These are questions that I run through every day. Every, every day I run through these questions in my head. Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Am I on the path of the Lord? Am I am I in his will? You know, listen, I spent 40 years of my life tying myself up in knots or letting myself be tied up in knots. However you want to look at it, I've been tied up in knots. I have been the story of the Israelites, the Jews, over and over again. That's been the story of my life. It's the exact same footprint. I have lived exactly like the Israelites over and over again. It's a push-pull, you know, relationship. It's a tug of war, my will, the Lord's will. And I don't even necessarily do it on purpose, the tug of war stuff. Having to understand the division of the flesh and the spirit was a long process to come to that understanding. And and not even from an intellectual standpoint, from a that I've always understood, oh of course there's a difference between your flesh and your spirit, but but to really understand do you really understand that your flesh literally is something that needs to be tamed. It is it is a wild beast in rebellion against the Creator. Right? Your cage, your flesh cage, hates God. Yes, your flesh is corrupted and hates God. But you can redeem that through Jesus and chasing after his ways. You can you can bring this thing into submission. And it doesn't mean, oh, you're going to you know beat yourself and cut yourself and do all sorts of stuff like that. No. 
But I'll tell you what, once you start taking captive your thoughts to Christ, all of your thoughts, when you start arresting the patterns as soon as they start, when you start to be able to recognize the things that are triggers in your life that that cause your mental brain to start flying down those sinful paths, when you learn how to stop and choose the Lord's path and see, when you actually see that, you know, there's an awakening that happens. You're, you suddenly understand, whoa, my spirit and my flesh are at war. It's not a joke. It's a, a literal thing. It's not a figurative, you know, contemplative, let's think about this because it's just so deep. No, it is what it is. You have to take control of your thoughts. You have to subjugate your flesh through that process. How do you do that? Well, let me ask you this. How many hours of television are you watching? What what takes up the... Be honest and do an inventory of... Oh, do a weekly thing of what you do every day and how you spend your time. And be honest, you know? You can think, well, it's just impossible... You've built your life that way. You've built your life. You are solely responsible for time management for what you do with it. I don't care if, if it doesn't matter what your circumstances are. Mentally, you, you have time. There's a way that you can spend, even while you're fulfilling your obligations, you can spend your entire time with the Lord, doing the Lord's bidding through through all that. There is a way. You know, I'm sorry to tell you, you know, I had somebody say to me the other day, you know, you're telling me that everything is bad? And I said, pretty much, you know, unfortunately, yes. And she and she said, well, what about these things? You know, seemingly they're Christian things. And I said, well, look at the fruit, look at the tree, look at the tree that it's coming from. What what does that say to you? And listen, you know, I, I have claimed that I've been a Christian my whole life, and I actually believe that I have been since I was 11 years old, you know. I believe that the Lord took over when I asked him into my heart way back then. It's been a bumpy road, and I've taken the reins back a million times and set my life off course, crashing, crashing, crashing over and over again. But I do believe I've been saved, and I've been the Lord since then, you know. But he, you know... He let me be a prodigal son. He let me be Jonah. He let me be, he let me run. He's not going to mess with my free will, but I'm still his son. Right? That 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 guilt, that shame is something that the devil has leveraged against me to keep me from going back to my dad. And I don't care if you keep falling into the pits. You just got to keep crawling out, going home to dad. He loves you. He's never going to stop loving you. You know, he's going to discipline you. He might whip you, but he loves you. It's for your own good. I don't like getting beaten by the Lord. I don't like whippings and chastisement. But you know what? I'm a bull. When I decide to go off course, man, I'm a you know bull in a china shop. I'm reckless. It's funny. I, I, I yesterday I I was thinking about intros. You know this radio show, and I'm trying to get it out there and and you have to do stuff to make it interesting for people to tune in and listen and whatever. I mean, there's a million of us out here trying to do our thing and I'm just trying to do what the Lord tells me and uh for whatever reason, 
you know, I got that song Reckless Life by Guns N' Roses in my mind because it's got an awesome beginning and it's like driving and just like, you know, and for whatever reason, I thought when I heard that, I thought, yeah, I'm running the race marked out for me with reckless abandon, you know, and I've always used that phrase. That's been a phrase that somehow got into my nomenclature a long time ago and and so this morning as I was doing my stuff getting ready for to do this the Lord said check it out go look look up reckless abandon I looked up reckless and you know reckless recklessness is not a good thing even in the context of going after the Lord with reckless abandonment uh, being reckless is not not something I I want to be a part of I want to be calculated. This this takes a, you know, precision to squeeze your butt through the eye of that needle, your big fat camel butt. You know, it takes precision to get through that. I do not want to be reckless about anything to do with this. You know, that's how I've lived my life is recklessly. And I have the fruits to prove it. You know, I've got reckless fruits. I don't want that. I don't want to be reckless. When I started thinking about that, I, you know, growing up, I grew, you know, born in the 70s, growing up in that era, you know, I got to see the aftermath of the 60s and what that played into, into the, you know, heaviness and the, the, the 80s of the birth of heavy metal and, and all that other weird stuff and then the 90s and just, just I've watched it go downhill. You know, I've watched the gender-bending madness of it all. And, you know, growing up, they warned me, the Christian church, they warned me about rock and roll. They warned me about music. And, you know, it's pretty tough when the church is telling you something and your your family's telling you something very different and they're all taking part in the world and you know, you're listening to songs day in and day out, Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil, you know, Highway to Hell, ACDC, Van Halen. I mean, just all of it. Just all of it. You know, you think, oh, it's just hard. somehow, some way, MTV and all that stuff and just the media at large and, 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 you know, let's face it, it's appealing. It appeals to your flesh, which, again, hates God. Right? So all that stuff is appealing. It's no wonder. It's no wonder it's appealing. You know, think about music. The, it, the Bible says that, you know, the Lucifer was the, what? He had all the instruments contained in him. He was the, you know, he was the master of music. I mean, think about what's happening. Think about the lyrics that we don't even think about today. We are pouring words over ourselves. All the day long, you know, we have songs that just suddenly jump into our head and, you know, we're bebopping along to a beat with demonic lyrics. How many of you all know the song Sympathy for the Devil? Why do we have sympathy for the devil? What? Why did we blindly just go along with that? You know, you, you, we all listen to music. We know what it does to us. Think about the spirits behind the music. Think about what Led Zeppelin does, that music there. What it does to you. What does it trigger in you? Does it trigger the, the desire to, you know, 
go chase after girls and crazy love and nakedness and sex and all that stuff. So that's what Led Zeppelin does to me. ACDC, ACDC makes me want to rip my head off and party like a rock star, right? It makes me want to turn the music up to four billion and pop my eardrums and just go bananas, you know? Guns and Roses makes me want to be reckless, exactly that, like whatever, live fast, die young. Think of that. How have we bought into that whole culture, live fast, die young? How is it that Hollywood pumps out all this filth and we just watch? Mesmerized. Mesmerized. Did you all know that, that Hollywood actually is just showing us it's all foreshadowing of what's to come? You know, all these movies that we think are just benign, they're not. They're malignant. You know, we think about uh, Independence Day when the aliens come, or, you know, Armageddon with the asteroid that's coming, or Deep Impact with the asteroid that's coming, or Outbreak, and they've just prepped us for what's coming. They've li- Listen, Hollywood is nothing more than a bunch of devil selfies. I want you to think about that. The stuff that comes out of Hollywood and and that's that's on the television, I don't actually care where it comes from, but the stuff that's being broadcast over the television airwaves, these entertainment shows are literally nothing more than demonic prophecy or selfies, literally biographies, of these demons put into human stories. It's it it's uncanny to go back and look at all these things and to see the hand of the devil in the stories. You think all these Dracula stories, who do you think the story of Dracula is about? Frankenstein. What do you think that's all about? Has anybody seen the new movie I Frankenstein? That's Nephilim stuff. They're showing it right to you. All of it. Go back and think of every single movie. Term the Terminator. You name it. It's like the degradation of society and here we go. We're reaping the fruits of it now, folks. We're reaping the fruits of it right now. The devil has taken over. And we've just sat by idly and been entertained by it. I'll be right back. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in 
How to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Coming everybody, welcome back. This is the this is the Neptune Diaries. Listen to JD Hopwood. I'm I'm throwing it down for Jesus. I'm telling you, I'm telling you the score, and the score is we win, they lose. Right? That's where we're at. We win, they lose. Be terrified if you want. I, I'm choosing not to be that way. It says be anxious for nothing. You know, I don't want to be nervous. I hate being nervous. I'm not I'm not worried about this. I'm not worried. See, I'm not worried about dying. I'm not worried about it. And once that's off the table, once you actually just get to that point where where you're not worried about dying, then you can be free to not worry about a lot of stuff and be freed up to get into the things of the Lord. When you're not worried about your assets anymore, your your money or your homes or your clothing... When that stuff becomes irrelevant to you, 
that's a good spot for the Lord to, to come in and start doing his work. Do you care about your shoes? Do you care about the, the, the name that's on the brand of, of shirt that you wear or the pants that you wear? Do you think about the name, brand names of stuff? Do you? It's time we got to be honest with ourselves, you know. For me, it's time for me to be honest with myself. You know, I love, the Lord gave me a saying a long time ago, and that is this. The time for being lukewarm has long since passed. The time for being lukewarm has long since passed. Are you lukewarm? Are you? Because listen, I'm on fire and I still feel lukewarm. You get it? I'm on fire and I still feel lukewarm. I haven't even scratched the surface of this relationship with the Lord. You know? We've all been driving a Pinto or a little Hyundai, you know? And I mean figuratively, right? But the relationship with the Lord is, in fact, you know, it's it's unbelievable. It's not some crappy little ride. It's the best. It's the most unbelievable ride ever. And it's a smooth ride. You might go over bumpy terrain, but I'll tell you what. Ride with the Lord. Let Him drive. That's what we got to do. We got to stop. You know what it is? Here's the deal. What I find with me is my ego is massive. I have a monster ego. And my ego wants to wants to get in the way. And it wants to tell me things. And it wants to take offense. And it wants to be upset with people. And it wants to be mad. And it wants to take other people's problems and make them my own. And just this, that, and the other thing. And, and none of that works. My ego is is a madman. You know, we all worry about aging and how we look when, when we check ourselves out in the mirror. I live in South Beach and, and I, I I laugh because I watch people walk down the street all the time and they always, and I've been guilty of this too, ha ha ha, but they check themselves out in the cars. And I'm telling you, some of these girls and some of the guys, they literally will check them out, That they will check themselves out in in every reflection they can find. So if there's 10 cars parked right out in front of my apartment, they will look and they will walk down the street and turn themselves to check themselves out in the reflection of every possible reflection that they can find. It's unbelievable. Are you concerned with that stuff? Let's do an exercise right now. I want you to think about standing before the Lord. Think about dying and, and when, when your skin suit's over with, when your time in this little body prison is over with, and you stand before the Lord, what's it going to be like? Have you thought about how that's going to be? What you're going to say when he says, give me an account of your time, let's go, let's go over it? I know lots of people who, do, who just don't think about that stuff. They don't want to think about that stuff. Why? Because it terrifies them. And rightly so. It should terrify you. Because that terror, right, that's called the fear of the Lord. When you start to tap into that, that causes you to do things differently. Ready? Why is that so hard? And why is everybody so hell-bent for leather on not doing the things of the Lord? Why is it so bad? Because our flesh is corrupted. 
when our flesh hates God. It hates its creator. Once you get down to those facts, once you can have the blinders come off of your eyes and you realize that it, the only thing you need to be nourishing is your spirit and then your spirit will take care of the rest. You know, God will take care of the rest through your spirit. Right? You don't you, you don't need to be concerned with the things of this world anymore. You might that might sound so crazy to you and it might sound terrifying. Well, how would I do things? I mean, I've got obligations. And that's not what I'm saying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you don't have obligations to fulfill. But what I'm saying is is the Lord is your source. He's your source in everything. He's your source in your job. He's your source. Your, your source isn't your job. Live your life like that where you're terrified and, and of losing your job. Then, then you know your priorities are off. Your thought process is off. You need to reconfigure how you look at things. Because you go to work for 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week and you get your pay from that job doesn't mean that your pay is coming from that job. Do you understand? It's coming from the Lord. Once you get that into perspective and he becomes your provider, then you understand that it doesn't matter. You know, you just got to reevaluate and do an inventory of your life, what you're spending your time doing. And give it over to the Lord. Let him take in. If he wants to give you a new job where you're not making any money, you'll you'll find a way to provide for your family through the Lord's provision. You trust him? If you don't, see, this is where we come into trust. I do it all the time. Listen, I fall back into it all the time. Like I said, it's a continual tug of war. I'm just getting better at recognizing when I'm starting to tug. You get it? And, I'm, and that's happening because I'm pouring the word over my life daily. I'm pouring the word over my life daily. And now, now I'm down to double again because I'm getting on this show, show and I'm preaching down to you. I'm telling them down to you. Right, right. This is my mountaintop. This is my mountaintop. You too can have a mountaintop. What are you doing from your mountaintop? You know what flipped me out? Was contemplating how much, how little I've prayed for my loved ones. How little I've spent time praying for my mom and my brothers and sisters. And You know, the Bible says I'm supposed to pray for even my enemies, right? What am I doing with my time? Am I watching TV? Am I thinking about the Patriots? You know, am I thinking about the foolish things of this world? Is that what I'm thinking about? This morning I had something interesting happen in my time with the Lord. I was at Proverbs 15. And Proverbs 15 verse 14 says, The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. But the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. I'll read it again. Proverbs 15, verse 14 says that the heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. Now think about that. I want you to roll that around in your brain for a minute. Right? Are you seeking knowledge? Does your heart crave knowledge? And what kind of knowledge? 
Does your heart crave knowledge? Are you are, are you digging the knowledge from the fruit of the tree of knowledge, or are you going after the fruit from the tree of life? What, what is it? What kind of knowledge are you seeking? So that's that's part A. Part B, the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. What are, What's your mouth feeding on? What does that mean? Foolishness, mouth feeding on foolishness. I'll tell you what it means. What words are coming out of your mouth? What 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 words? Are you talking about the latest movie, the latest television show? Are you are you are you trying to convince people that they got to spend, you know, two weeks of their life watching a, a a television show called Breaking Bad or whatever it is that they're pushing these days? Lost. Yeah, push Lost on people. That's awesome. What what are you doing? What foolishness is coming out of your mouth? Do you know more about Derek Jeter and the New York Yankees or whoever it may be than you do about Jesus and the disciples? Do you? Is your mouth feeding on foolishness? Huh. Do you know more about the current culture and the world and all that than you know about the Bible? Just asking. You know, this was a brutal thing that I had to go through myself. When it dawned on me that I knew more about Family Guy and about Stewie Griffin, and I could quote more of Stewie's lines than I could Jesus's, I knew that I had gone astray. I knew that I was off the path, right? When I realized that I knew more episodes of Law and Order than I did the Bible... I knew I I was off off the mark. My path was crooked. Right? When I when I when it when finally I got honest with myself and realized and it's not even it's not even that I, I got honest with myself. The the Lord scared me is what it boils down to. He's he frightened me. Right? He got me to think about what I just had you all think about. I thought about standing before him and what my account was going to be like and you know what I realized is it would have it would have been a bunch of and I'm not talking about getting in through the gates I'm in through the gate I'm talking about once you were once you got your ticket, what'd you do after that? Did you did you go around trying to get, get other people to get their tickets and telling them the truth? You know, being a Christian is like knowing that something terrible is going to happen, but you just don't know exactly when, and that people need to prepare for it. But you know, it just they don't see it because we're like frogs in a pot, and the world's getting worse incrementally. And, and we're so inundated with it, we don't even see it. But, but it, it's a rough, it's a rough path we're on. You know, the world hates us. We are not from here. We are strangers in a strange land. How are you living your life? Are you fellowshipping with the world? Ah, I did. I did. Forever. I tried to live on the fence. There is no fence. Ha ha ha. That's the that's a lie of the devil. There's no fence. There's no fence. 
there's a clear dividing line and you're either on one side or the other. If you try to straddle it, you get cut in half and you die. There is no there is no fence. There is no we don't live in a gray world. We live in a black and white world. A good and an evil world, a holy and an evil world. Take your pick. Which world do you want to live in? You know we're jars of clay. What what's what what are you holding inside of your jar? What spirits are inside of your jar? Are you trying to cram the Holy Spirit in with demonic spirits? Woo-woo-woo, my preaching. If I'm preaching to myself, don't get me wrong. Believe me, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I have areas in my life I need to deal with immediately. I need to let the Lord, I need to turn him over. I'm keeping my sin ever before the Lord, like Psalm 51 says. He knows about it, believe me. Do you understand? You might have resentments that you just seemingly can't get over. Keep giving them to the Lord. You might have addictions that you can't get over. Keep bringing them to the Lord. You might have areas of sin where the you know the demonic stronghold has gotten a hold of you. Keep giving it over to the Lord. You might feel like a cheap hypocrite having to do it over and over again. But you know what? One of these days you're you're gonna that thorn's gonna get removed. Because you went like an old lady and begged the judge over and over again. Are you begging the Lord for your freedom? Now listen, I can I can hear the arguments now about grace and Jesus did it all on the cross. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You've got a you've got a race to run. You've got a cross to carry. I'm not saying anything different than this in the, than than that's in the Bible. Repentance isn't a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's a daily thing. The world is tempting, I'll tell you. It it, re- it really is. And, and you know, we have abdicated our authority. We've rolled over. We're playing dead. Well, that time is over. You need to stand up. You need to get the... the one of the problems is, is that people don't understand the weapons of our warfare because they're not reading the Bible. Think about the virgin story, people. Think about the virgin story. You know, do you have oil in your lamp? How do I get oil? How do I get oil? You read the Bible. You read the Bible. You get in time with prayer with the Lord. You know, that's where you get your oil. Where do you go to buy your oil? It's in the Word of God. Go get it. Go buy it. How serious are you? Do you think about this stuff ever? Do you do you ever contemplate 666 number of the beast and how it's upon us? Listen, I'm so in ground and I don't even it's so silly to even talk about that in my mind because I'm so played out like I so totally see it. It's here. How long is it going to be before they force you to do something with your biometrics with where they where they link you and your little system to the phone? your little skin suit and your little DNA trail, your little marker, they're going to force you. Do you think the world's going to get on without cell phones? How many Christians do you know out there that are going to finagle away okaying it for themselves to be marked with the word, you know, my family has to eat. Surely the Lord understands. No, man. It's you who don't understand. Your family needs to eat the word of God, and if so be it. If 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 it if that's the Lord's lot for you in your life, 
you know, and you're going to be a martyr. Better Listen, better to be a martyr for a moment than burn in, the tel- than burn in hell for eternity. Martyrdom is for a moment. Hell is for eternity. Think about that one. Oh, I can't stand to see little Sally suffer. Well, for eternity or for a moment. Take your pick because it's going to be one or the other. You who have families and loved ones and all this business. All you who are so concerned about saving your life down here, your, you know, your little temporary skin suit. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. The Lord's got that covered. He's got that. He He's not worried. Why are you? The Lord's not worried. Why are you? You know, it's going to get worse. What what you see happening out there in, in the world today is going to get worse. It's going to get scarier. Freakier things are going to start happening. You're going to start seeing supernatural. You're going to start seeing the veil being literally torn so that we can see into the spiritual realm. Everything that was hidden is going to be brought to light. Think about that. We're living in those days when everything that's been hidden is going to be brought to life. Imagine that. All the sins of the people, the governments exposed. Maybe that... Maybe that means that we're going to literally see into the into the sins of, of the past and into the sins of the world, you know? Hebrews 4.13, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. No creature is hidden from God, but everything is naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account. Woo! Ecclesiastes 12:14. For God will bring every deed into judgment. For God will bring every act to judgment. Everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Mark 4:22. For for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. What do you think that that means? I'll tell you what I think it means. I think it's got, you know, multiple meanings. Right? I think that we're going to see those things that have been hidden from us. Somehow, some way, we can't, you know, our spiritual eyes got blinded. After the garden, when we were expelled, or however, whenever it happened, our eyes do not see into the spiritual anymore whether it's because they've been hiding from us or we just can't see it. I do not know. But I do believe that in these end times, there will come a point when we will see all. We'll see it all, and men's hearts will fail them for fear. I think that this CERN thing has the potential to not only become a... a, a, If you will, it'll magnetize the earth and start sucking meteors and comets and asteroids towards us, but it also has the potential to 
It also has the potential to totally, you know, be the key that's going to unlock the pit. I'm a guy who can believe in anything. You know, the Bible has stretched my realm of possibilities far and wide. I can believe in dragons coming up out of these volcanoes. Oh, I can see it all. I, I I can see Godzilla coming popping out, just freaking people out. Can you imagine that? Imagine what that's going to be like. Godzilla popping up out of the volcanoes, maybe even flying around. I think he's going to fly around. How about that? All right, it's the top of the hour, everybody. You're listening to the Neptune Diaries. I'll be back in a few minutes. God bless you. I love you. This is JD. You are listening to the Neptune Diaries. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it. How do you feel? Ladies and gentlemen, the Network News Hour with Sybil the Soothsayer.
Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom-killing business. So if you want the truth, go to God. Go to your gurus. Go to yourselves. Because that's the only place you're ever going to find any real truth. But man, you're never going to get any truth from us. We'll tell you anything you want to hear. We lie like hell. We'll tell you that uh, Kojak always gets the killer and that nobody ever gets cancer in Archie Bunker's house. And no matter how much trouble the hero is in, don't worry, just look at your watch. At the end of the hour, he's going to win. We'll tell you any shit you want to hear. We deal in illusions, man. None of it is true. But you people sit there day after day, night after night, all ages, colors, creeds. We're all you know. You're beginning to believe the illusions we're spinning here. You're beginning to think that the tube is reality and that your own lives are unreal. You do whatever the tube tells you. You dress like the tube. You ate like the tube. You raise your children like the tube. You even think like the tube. This is mass madness, you maniacs. In God's name, you people are the real thing. We are the illusion. So turn off your television sets. Turn them off now. Turn them off right now. Turn them off and leave them off. Turn them off right in the middle of the sentence I'm speaking to you now. Turn them off. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of the Neptune Diaries. I am J.D. Hopwood, your host. Praise the Lord. Are you psyched for Jesus? I just want to know that. Are you psyched for Jesus? 
I am psyched for Jesus. I am so happy and grateful and, and just wonderfully blessed that the Lord has chosen to reel me back in and given me eyes to see and ears to hear at this critical time. It's a critical time, you know, for such a time as this. Are you ready? Are you prepared for such a time as this? Are you prepared? I can tell you that I'm prepared on many levels, but I'm I, I'm I'm fully ill prepared when it comes to the physical, because I'm one of these people who is hand to mouth. You know, I don't have I don't have money. I don't have any money. You know, which is a great thing for me. You know, I I, I don't mind that. You know what I mean? I just don't. I don't bother with worrying about it anymore. You know, and that that believe me, that stress wants to pop up and get into my mind that. I don't have enough, but I do. I do have enough. I have more than enough, actually. I have more than enough. And I believe, honest, and it may, may be, you, you know, people will say I'm naive to believe this, but I, I just believe that the Lord's going to take care of me. There's nothing guaranteed at all of where you're going to be when things break down, if we're even going to be here. You know, and, and believe me, if I had money... Right. If I had resources, I would certainly allocate that uh, some of that to prepping, just for pure safety's sake. You know, if something happens where the water goes down or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know, I don't have that, so I have learned to to accept the Lord's provision. And, and listen, that's been the story of my life. I've traveled the world uh, and been in the middle of nowhere with no money. And had to get home. And I mean like uh, halfway around the world. And the Lord somehow strung it together for me. So I'm not... I'm not. And I believe in miracles too. So believe me. I, I think that the Lord, if you're into his plan for your life. If you're in the center of his will. If, if his will is being done in your life. As it is in heaven. Then you're going to be taken care of, aren't you? I believe it. Praise the Lord. I believe it. I believe that he has got me... In his hands, you know, uh, and I believe that I, I, you know what, here's the desire of my heart in these moments, in these dwindling minutes of of humanity and human history as we know it, here's here's the desire of my heart, is that I'm useful for the Lord, right, that I'm not a hindrance to his plans, right, and as a matter of fact, more than a, I don't want to be a hindrance, I want to be a in, I want to be part of it. I want to be the kid in class who's raising his hand right now, going, oh, 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 me, pick me, pick me. I'm enthusiastic for this, you know? And believe me, I'm a project. I'm a project for the Lord. I'm a pro. I'm a project for the Lord, you know? And and you know I want to I'm wrestling with him, you know I'm wrestling, and and you know he's gonna bust my hip, you know, and I'm all right with that, you know, and and he he's not only busted he hasn't actually busted my hip he's busted my knee and he's busted my shoulder and he's busted my wrist, you know he has slowed me down, and that's fine, you know the Lord has totally 
pulled things away from me that I wanted so bad. Oh, success, worldly success. I wanted it so bad. I chased after it. Negative. Not for you. I've got other things for you. Sit down and read. You know, I used to... I used to dread going into my closet, you know, and because the Lord is, his presence is just overwhelming. And, and I've felt hypocritical more times than I should like to share. And as a matter of fact, it's just a recurring thing. You know, I feel like a hypocrite because there are things that have been perpetual in my life, right? There have been habitual sinful areas in my life. There have been you know, I've done it all. I've, 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 you know, every commandment you can imagine, I've, I've flouted, and I've been rebellious. And that, that right there, I understand, is is a real root that I actively work now. Right before I just let it slide, I, I, I hid underneath that grace banner. You know, well, he did it all on the cross. He did it all for me on the cross. So you know, I'm just nobody. I'm just saved by grace. That is, that's not what he's got for me, I can tell you this. You know, yes, I, I'm saved by grace, but the Lord has a race, a very specific path, and, and, and people that he wants to heal through you and through me and through all of us who have Jesus as our Lord and Savior. You know, there was a movie growing up when I was growing up, called The Blues Brothers with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. And these were these two hellion guys, you know, that somehow got on a mission from God. And, you know, whatever you want to take from that movie, uh, I remember a line from it. And, and they're like, he goes, we're on a mission from God. And, you know, they were unstoppable. Are you on a mission from God? And if so, do you know what the mission is? Because how can you be on a mission from God if you don't know this? I know that my mission from God in this moment is to know God and to make him known. Right? To know God and to make him known. In this moment, know God, make him known. I, I'm going to make mistakes along the way. That's for sure. And, you know, I reserve the right to change my mind. If I somehow get on a tear and, you know, it's off track, fine. The Lord will bring me back. He's faithful to snap me back into shape. You know, I reserve the right to fall down and make mistakes, but I'm still going to keep going after the Lord. And as long as I keep Jesus as my central focus, okay, and I measure everything by him and what it is, I should be all right. If you're struggling with perpetual stuff, keep struggling, right? Keep struggling at rooting that stuff out of your life. Never give up. You know, that's the trick. Never Never give up. You know? There's a saying in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, is let, let go and let God. You know, and it might take you a while to understand that, but just let go. Let go of your stuff. You know? Be honest with the Lord about with what, what you're struggling with. He's faithful to finish what he has started. You never know, you know, the thing that you're struggling with might be that very thing that keeps you coming before the Lord. How about that, 
And I'm not trying to give you any kind of blank checks for sin. But I'm just saying, if, if you're struggling and it keeps you coming before the Lord, maybe the Lord's using that. You know, people have a hard time believing that the Lord can use terrible stuff. Well, it's very clear if you read the Bible, the Lord uses terrible stuff to chastise his children. The Lord can use horrific circumstances and, you know, all sorts of things, even getting your head cut off, right? If you, 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 you know, listen, I'm a Christian who believes that, you know, everything happens and the Lord's in control. I'm just a little bit player in this whole thing and, and, and if I let him give me the my cues and what to do, I'll be all right. And if part of that is being on uh, on stage and being a martyr, okay. I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid to, to live my life for the Lord. I'm not ashamed. And the, the devil wants to come up and take it from you. He wants to take it from me. He wants to screw us up, you know. If you read the book, if you read God's word, and you go and you and, and you really get into it, it's going to take over. You know, the Lord's going to take over. If you let him, he will. Let him. That's the trick. The, the struggle to let him. It's a daily struggle. At least it is for me. It's a daily struggle to to keep my flesh under submission to 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 the word daily struggle my flesh is reckless yesterday i i told you or today i told you that the lord sort of slapped me around about the recklessness part you know this is this is a big deal for me because it, it it's all the way down to the Lord wants to be in your life and he wants to make all all your decisions for you. He wants you to take to, to every decision that you make, he wants you to hold it to a standard. Cuz that's the path right there. And that's the the surefire way to to not be led astray in anything. Just to to let the Lord. One of the things if you look at Jesus's life is you know, he answered everything with the words of God. You know, people would ask him a question and he would answer it with biblical, you know, he would answer it with scripture. That's what I'm striving for my life to be. You know, I told you the other day that I, I got I got upset out in, in, in Miami Beach because some some guy was driving, you know, inappropriately and, and, and it seemed like he was you know, he was playing games and, and I, I you know, I lost lost my cool with him. And before, that would have haunted me all day long. Like, I would have been mad, you know, thinking about fighting this person or whatever, whatever. I didn't think like that. I, I, you know, like I said, I had repented by the time I was crossing the street. My life in God is growing because I'm being consumed with the word. Are you consumed with the word? We've got the world on the brink of total destruction right now. And seemingly the church is sitting idly by. I don't understand it other than to say that this is the Lord. 
This is the Lord. If you go to a guy named Steve Quayle, Steve, S-T-E-V-E-Q-U-A-Y-L-E, stevequayle.com, he gives you a, he's sort of the prophetic drudge report, right? Uh, and some of his headlines today are just insane, you know? For example, the world-renowned Islamic University teaches it's okay for Muslims to cannibalize Jews and Christians. CERN, the Large Hadron Collider, unlocking the gates of hell. Right? Jade Helm, the new Chinese bank. It's insanity. We are there, guys, girls, brothers and sisters. We're at that point in time that Jesus spoke about. We're here. How are you living your life in these last times? How are you spending your time? Are you still caught up? Going from your sleep box to your traveling box to your work box back to your traveling box back to your sleep box in that repetitive pattern of, of you know, the foundations that Lim, Nimrod laid out there. You know, this is the pattern of Nimrod. Everybody lives in this pattern set up by Nimrod. Work. Work. Feed into the system. Work. Depend. Work. This is how it is. No, it is not. Break out of your boxes. Understand that your 401k doesn't mean anything. It's not part of God's bank account for you. It's just not. I'm sorry. You can argue all you want. You can sit here and you can tell me I'm wrong all, all you want. You can be upset. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. I don't think there's time left at all. If I thought that there was some time left to, to, to play games, I would start another business and try to do something and, you know, make some money and, you know, do some other ministry type thing. But I don't think there's time. I, I, I The last creative project that I worked on, the Lord pulled out from underneath my feet. And he said, nope, there's, and honest, it was, there's not enough time. You need to completely go at this with all you have. You need to really pursue your relationship with me with every ounce of your fiber. And you need to deal with all this stuff head on right now because there's not enough time to play games. Your, and you know what? Your families are in eternal danger. Your friends, your workers, your colleagues, the guy at the grocery store, who is paying attention to the Lord right now? Who is paying attention? Are you being like these people? You know, people talk about how in the end times, in the latter days, God's going to pour out His Spirit. And I would love to see that. I really would. What I'm starting to understand about the Bible is that a lot of people have misinterpreted it. 
And a lot of us bought bought their interpretations. And it wasn't really until I grabbed the Bible and shed my preconceived notions of people of what they had told me, you know? Their versions of what the of what God said. I stop I, I stopped doing that now. You know, it says here in Joel two. Let's start at verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Right? The Lord says he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Right? Are you letting him pour his spirit out on you? Because that's what's happening to me. In these last days. Now, do I think that there's going to be a big giant revival before before this all comes down? I don't I don't think before. No. I think that you're going to see the revival happen once the veil gets torn or once it gets lifted, however you want to put it. I think you're going to see I think you're going to see that that that's when I really believe you're going to see revival break out. You know, unfortunately the church needs proof. We need some visible proof that that's going to compete with the visible proof that the world and and the king of this world is throwing out there right now. I don't think we're here yet. I think, listen, when the Lord makes himself known, we're all going to know. There's not going to be any doubt about it. Especially the Christians. We're going to, it's going to be so clear. There's not going to be any question as to what or who's doing what. Now, I have my own ideas and opinions. I don't necessarily know the timeline or when it's going to happen, but I certainly do believe that the rapture is going to be just totally poo-pooed by the world and by the media as a nothing, right? And whether or not aliens show up or some kind of very weird deception happens on the heels of that, I don't even necessarily know that that's going to happen like that. I certainly could see it happening where the rapture happens and the devil gets totally flipped out and and manifests in the vis- in the visible and if the rapture means you know that the church is taken out of the way and 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 the holy spirit is not here I don't I don't really see that how that's possible that the lord's going to remove his holy spirit cuz then how would people you know once the once the the day of the Lord happens and people, you know, are getting saved. How how does that how does that happen without the Holy Spirit? It, it, that seems to me a contradiction, and it would be impossible. So I don't think that the one that is holding back the devil, the restrainer. I don't think that that's the Holy Spirit. I don't think that at all. I think that's maybe you know maybe an angel. That's maybe an angel. 
Maybe that's the one who holds the key, who's coming down to open the bottomless pit. Maybe that's the one, you know? What I do know is this. Are you even thinking about these things? Is your interest peaked? My interest is really super off the charts peaked up right now because once I sort of smashed sci-fi with the Bible, with this whole Nephilim thing and our, our actual DNA was perverted and corrupted, and I understood this from a from a biblical perspective that, like I said, smashed head. I, that's how I've always had my Christian life and my Christian walk is science and Christianity blended, right? Definitely not out of a biblical perspective, outside of a biblical perspective. I have, I have forced science to bend and say Jesus is Lord. And you know what? It all makes sense to me. People want to run around and say Big Bang and blah, 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 whatever. You know, and I laugh because... Let me ask you a question. When the Lord said, let there be light, do you not think that there was a Big Bang? I mean... So it's just all so stupid, these scientists who want to say that something came from nothing and these people and, you know... You you know what's great about them is there's no arguing with them, right? They're, what I've realized is that the the Lord has made it very clear that people with ears to hear don't argue. Cast not your pearl to swine. Why are you arguing? Shake the dust off your feet and go to the next town. See, if we really do believe, believe in the Bible and that it's the true word of God and that it's truth, well, God clearly in Genesis 3 said that there are two lines of people running around, a serpent line and, the, you know, the daughters, uh, the, the line of Eve, you know, the ch- children of Eve. There were two two seeds, two lines, forever at enmity. And then people want to say, oh, well, come on. You really believe that? And it's like, dude, why are you talking to people like that anymore? Honest, people with ears to hear don't, I'm telling you, they don't argue. They listen. Do you get it? People with ears to hear do not argue. They listen. They're like hungry sponges, just like you were. Just like you were. There's a spirit you can tell between the people who have ears to hear and who don't. Listen. Everyone's called, fewer are chosen, you know? Few choose to be chosen. That's how I sort of see it all. Few people choose to be chosen. That's how I, that's the only way I can reconcile this thing, you know? The time, space, continuum, all that. I have to believe that God, outside of time, saw that I was going to choose him, so he chose me. Right? God loves us so much. It's just ridiculous. I can't... Sometimes I can't... I can't even wrap my little brain around how much he loves us. You know, his tolerance, his patience. You want to talk about somebody who's running a race with patience? God is literally so patient with me. I can't even tell you. Thank you, Lord for being so patient with me. Lord, forgive me for being so stubborn so many times, Father God. Help me to be sensitive to the areas that you want me to to clean up and deal with. And, and, and Lord, I just turn over my life to you. 
consistently, daily, Lord, here it is. Lord, help me to cry out to you three times a day like Isaiah did. Lord, help me to be like Daniel. Lord, help me to just get into you three times a day. Once is not enough. It's time to put everything aside. It's time to chase after the Lord. You know? It's time to chase after the Lord with our whole hearts. With our whole lives, it's time to chase after the Lord. Because the time is short. Time is short. It's time to change our ways. It's time to put down the television. You know, it's time to take an honest inventory before it's too late. Because, you know, there's a time that's going to come to a close. There's a time that's going to be over. The door is going to shut. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? Are you seeking the Lord while he may be found? I'm trying to with all of my heart, with all of my spirit, with all of my soul. I'll be right back. This is the Neptune Diaries. church in America is going to suffer so terribly. And we laugh now that they will come after us. They will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad. While we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized by so many trinkets. The net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren and it does not cause you to fear. You will be isolated from society as has already happened. Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until finally we are silenced. We will be called things that we're not and persecuted not for being followers of Christ but for being radical fundamentalists who do not know the true way of Christ which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. They've already come after your children, and for most of you, they got them. You got them through the public schools and indoctrination and the university and indoctrination, and then you wonder why your children come out not serving the Lord, because you fed them right into the devil's mouth. So little by little, the net is closing around, and then it's not little by little. Look how fast things are going downhill just in a matter of weeks. matter of weeks. But at the same time, know this. Persecution is always meant for evil, but God always means it for good. And is it not better to suffer in this life to have an extra weight of glory in heaven? You must settle this in your mind. This is the one thing I want to say over and over. Do not believe. Down through history, you have a wrong idea of martyrdom and persecution. You think that these men were persecuted and martyred for their sincere faith in Jesus Christ. That was the real reason, but no one heard that publicly. They were martyred, 
and they were persecuted as enemies of the state, as child molesters, as bigots, as narrow-minded, stupid people who had fallen for a ruse and can contribute nothing to society. Your suffering will not be noble. So your mind must be filled with the Word of God when all people persecute you and turn on you. And if the Spirit of God in common grace pulls back and you see even your children and your grandchildren tossing in the lot that you should die. This is no game. You want revival and awakening, but know this. For the most part, great awakenings have come only preceding great national catastrophes or the persecution of the church. I believe God is bringing a great awakening, but I believe that He is raising up young men who are strong in trust in the providence of God to be able to wade through the hell that's going to break loose on us. And it will be on us before we even recognize it. Unless, unless in God's providence, He is not done. He is not done. And note, this is, this is not silly talk. Apart from the Great Awakening, these things are going to come upon you. Be ready to lose your homes, your cars, and everything. Open your eyes. Open your Are you ready for all that? Because the devil's laughing. <laughs> The devil's laughing. Are you are you are you standing idly by? Are you ready? Are you prepared? See, I don't think that that I don't think it's the uh, priority to prep physically. If you're prepping physically before you're prepped spiritually, you're doing it backwards. I love you. I love you all, and I think that prepping is awesome. And like I said, if I had it, I'd do it. But <clears throat> I got to prep spiritually. Cuz you know what's going to happen is is if we are here when things break down, if if we are here when when it all starts to break loose. People are going to come to you for answers because you know. I'm I'm willing to trade my life here and fill it with God and fill it up with what he wants me to do. So that I can be a, a salt and so I can be salt and light, you know. So that I can be a beacon of hope. I can can take part in being that city on a hill because things are getting real dark, real dark, real fast. And you know, if you think about that old story about frogs in a pot, where if you stick a frog in in a pot within water, and you turn the heat up gradually, he doesn't even know he sits in there till he cooks to death. And that's what's happening with us. We've become desensitized to the world around us. I mean, think, think of, think of how far we've come, how far we've fallen. Think about the horror that they freely show to us daily. Think of the horrific nature of the things that we've just become accustomed to, that we've become numb to, that we've become desensitized to. You think about it. 
They're cutting people's heads off. They're cutting little boys and girls' heads off. Kids, children, they're cutting their heads off and kicking them around. You know, you know, hundreds of thousands of people massacred. We said it would never happen again with the Jews after Hitler, but you know, it's it's it happens all the time. It happens all the time. You know, if you think about it, where the Bible talks about the devil being cast down and woe to us because the time is short because the devil knows his time is short so he sends the beast with wrath. We're there. We're right at this point. We're right here. Go check out some other people's ministries like Jonathan uh, Wright, Jonathan Matthew Wright. You know, the Code Searcher. He's got a YouTube channel, Code Searcher. Check that stuff out. It'll blow your mind. The Lord is literally sounding all the alarms right now. You know, he's got the Bible Code stuff. He's got blood moons. He's got eclipses. He's got wars and rumors of wars in Israel and all that stuff. I mean, what else needs to happen for people to wake up? More importantly, why isn't the church woken up? Oh, Why is the church? You know why? Because the the Bible was really clear, right? There's going to be a great falling away. Some people say that that means, you know, that the rapture. I think it could mean both. How about that one? I think it could be a great falling away and a great catching up, you know, taking away. Whatever, you know. None None of that stuff is more important than you making sure that you are on your path with the Lord. The rapture and the Antichrist and all that stuff takes a backseat to you praying continually that you are considered worthy to escape these things, right? That should be paramount in your life, in my life, in everyone's life. Are you praying continuously that that you are considered worthy to escape these things? Oh, Lord, Father God, we just come before you right now. Lord, we help us to pray continuously that we be counted worthy to escape these things that are coming, Father God. Lord, we ask this, believe for this, and receive this in the name of Jesus, your precious Son. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us to be about your business 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, Lord. All day, every day, help us to be Jesus, Jesus, and more Jesus, Lord. Father God, more of you, less of us. More of you, less of us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Let this just go out and people get fired up, Father God. Let let us just root out all the things in our life that aren't bringing glory to you, Lord. All these things, Father God, give us, give us the strength, Lord, the courage and the patience to face our trials and tribulations and to consider them pure joy. In the name of Jesus, we ask, believe, and receive this. And is everybody out there considering their, these trials and tribulations pure joy? Think about that. Think about how crazy that is. The Lord tells us that we're to consider trials and tribulations pure joy. Think about that. How, how crazy is it, is it that the Lord wants, wants us to consider
chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll start there. James, the servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. In other words, he's talking to you and to me. Ready? Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven but with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is is unstable in all his ways. Are you a double-minded man or woman? That's he's talking right to me. He's cutting me right now. He's breaking my bones right now. Trust that. But ready? My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. Do you understand that? It doesn't say when ye struggle with them. It doesn't say when ye come up against them. It doesn't say anything other than when ye fall into. That means commit to as far as I'm concerned. Right? And I suppose that I'll have to do a study now into the original Hebrew and fi- or the original Greek and find out, you know, tear it down that way. But to me, it's pretty clear. He's saying here, when, you, when you've fallen down and you, you wiped out into these temptations, you've totally blundered and gotten yourself dirty in sin, right? He's saying that this is the trying of your faith, and it's going to work patience in you, right? And I can tell you that when you when you do have trials and tribulations and you fall into them, and you look at, you take this verse and you eat it properly, okay, it'll show you that your trials and tribulations are there so that it'll be a it, it 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 helps you you know the things that you struggle with as long as you're continually going before the lord and walking with him the things that you struggle with they're building you they're they're working patience in you the trying of your faith is working patience and patience is going to have her perfect work in you so that we can be mature and perfect and entire wanting nothing right let these things that you're struggling with Whip you into shape, but you gotta let the Lord be the Lord. You gotta let the Lord be the Lord in your life. You and I are not the Lord, right? I try to be. I've tried many, many times. I've tried to be the Lord in my life. It it fails. I fail at being the Lord of my life. I fail. Who's the Lord of your life? You ask yourself that in every decision that you make, who's the lord of this situation? You know? Remember that that trinket bracelet that that was running around? What would Jesus do? WWJD. 
you know, that's actually a wonderful way to live your life. What would Jesus do, you know, in all things? Jesus wouldn't have hollered the F-bomb at the guy who was driving like a jerk the other day. I don't think he would have. I don't think Jesus would have been ready to fight that guy and commit violence against him, right? My flesh was ready to, but, you know, my flesh was ready to. And I have to keep that at the forefront, you know, that I am in a battle, you know, not against uh, flesh and blood, but against principalities and, you know, what caused my flesh to be corrupted? It was principalities and spirits of dark, all that stuff. That's what caused my flesh to go corrupted. And I understand, you know. I understand, you know, we are our own worst enemy. That pursuit to become like God. Think about it. Think about all the people that today have already gone and sat in front of a mirror for a couple hours and looked at their muscles and fantasized about their muscles, you know? I bet you if you did a study right now and you looked at the numbers of when fitness gyms, right? When when fitness gyms became all the fad, right? There used to be only the YMCA. And then, you know, when I was growing up, you could go work out at the YMCA, and then there slowly became health clubs and stuff like that. And then it just went crazy. I bet you any amount of money. Well, I don't have any, so I won't bet you anything. But I would venture that if you go do the roof, somebody does. I'm not going to do it. But if you go, someone goes and does the research on fitness, on when the fitness boom happened, I bet you'll see a direct correlation to homosexuality with the fitness boom. Right? People went and stood in front of mirrors and fantasized about their own bodies. What do you think that does? What, let me ask everybody out there a question. What do you think that masturbation does? I, I bet you, if you did a poll amongst the gay population in America, they would all tell you that they've been big time masturbators since they were children. I bet you, no, I won't bet. I venture that that would be a provable thing. That everybody, because it just makes perfect sense, ready? Do some simple math. Two plus two equals what? Four. Do some math. You sit there and you touch your private parts that gives you the most pleasurable feeling imaginable and you do it over and over again and you're putting that before your eyes. And and it's no wonder. And then you you, you get this homosexual agenda on steroids now. Why? Because... Men and women have been sitting there in front of mirrors, staring at themselves, working on their their little temples, you know, for themselves, not for God. For themselves, they've become worshipful of themselves. That's right, I'm preaching right now, man. This This is good stuff. This is real good stuff. There's a correlation there. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay? Stop worshiping yourself start worshiping the lord you know i laugh at myself in the mirror because i look and in my mind i still have a a, you know a 17 year old face and body in my mind that i look in the mirror and it's like wow man break down looks like i have crows walking on my face and i don't even care honestly i don't even care 
I don't even care. I don't care. I'm so pumped for Jesus. I'm so excited for the Lord. We're going to see his face sooner than anyone can imagine. I'll bet you that. That I will bet you. But I have nothing to bet. You know, I have nothing to bet. I'm going to play a song as we go out. And then I'm going to come right back. But this is one of my favorite songs right here. I love this song. Your love is like radiant diamonds bursting inside us. We cannot contain. Your love will surely come find us like blazing wildfire, singing your name. God of mercy, you love of mine, I have surrender to your design. May this offering catch across the sky, these highlights.
Ooh, that is just the best song. Praise the Lord. God of mercy, sweet love of mine, we have surrendered to your design. Have you surrendered to the Lord's design in your life? For your life, have you surrendered? Do you know Jesus? Are you saved? These are important questions, people. Time is short. You know, I love all these people out there doing these videos and getting out there doing their thing, taking their time to do this because it's important. Go check out people like Steve Quayle on the Hagman and Hagman Show and Pastor Paul Begley and, you know, all these people out there are wonderful. Go especially check out this cat code searcher and his YouTube channel and check out these Bible codes. They will just blow your mind. Get out there. And if you haven't found Jesus yet, if you haven't asked him into your heart, get alone with the Lord. Go do it now. Get alone with the Lord and cry out to him and say, Lord, I accept your forgiveness. I accept I accept what Jesus did. I accept his his gift to me, Lord, that you died for me. Father, thank you for sending him. Accept his gift. Get right with the Lord. Get right with the Lord. Change your mind about everything. Repent. Change your mind. Change your mind. Change your ways. Let the Lord lead you. God is good. His mercy endures forever. Guys, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Do me a favor. Listen to this song and do what it says. Lay your stuff down. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Seriously, come down. Lay it down, baby. Love you guys. God bless you. Come down to the river. Come and let yourself in. Make good on a promise. Never hurt again. If you lost and loaded, you're broken
gone down. 